we've all seen around the world doing some, you know, ripping sides apart in spells. And I don't think there's been anybody better, really, of, you know, do these magic spells that he does. And uh, I know I'll sort of, uh, I'll miss, miss those from uh, one of them, Joe Berg, when we were on the, yeah, on yeah. the stands there. That was just like incredible. Welcome to the latest episode of Caught Down a Legside. In this month's show, we share our reflections on the men's and women's ashes. We discuss Stuart Broad's retirement. We also chat the test squad to go to India, the upcoming World Cup, and a usual debate around the 100. I hope you enjoy the episode. Good evening, gents. How is everybody? Good evening, Freddie. Yeah, all good. Thank you. All good. Listen, lots to cover this evening. Um, we're going to talk some ashes, a little bit of a preview about the India Test Series coming up in the new year, um, the women's ashes, T20 World Cup, and, and also some reflections on the on the 100 so far. So lots to get through. Um, but let's start with the ashes. 2-2, fair result, do people think? I think so. Yeah, probably just about, despite the rain in Manchester. Yeah, I thought I thought it, was, it it was an interesting series. I don't think the Aussies actually played particularly well. Yeah, I think for me it's it's one of missed opportunity. To be honest, I do. I think two two is a fair result, but I still look back at those first two tests and think just a number of missed opportunities. Coulda, shoulda. But yeah, I do. I do think it was a winnable series when I look back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a bit gun ho to start off with, and you know, uh, with hindsight, I think they if they they just you know, pulled it in and back about another ten percent, they probably they could have could have won won it sort of quite easily actually. Um, but I just think they're a little bit too gung ho in the first couple of test matches, and realised it wasn't quite going to to plan, and they had to uh, they had to tweak it a little bit. That's when we started winning test matches. <laughs> I think it were good that they tweaked it, but they're still saying they want to change the thing if they'd have gone back to it again, and I, I think they would. I, I generally yeah. don't think glad on that first day that they have got another 50, 60 runs because it would just be a bit too arrogant, I think. Uh, everyone understands why they did it, but I think most hindsight's great, but most people think it were wrong. Yeah, and I think also, you know, in hindsight, Crawley, Crawley did well, very well, in fact. Um, he certainly did better than all of us predicted. At well, yeah, and credit, and credit, credit where, where credit's due. But but I think at the end of the day, we had two people that weren't fit in that side. One was Bearstow, match fit, that is, yeah. in terms of keeping. I think it was still quite clear that folks should have kept. I think that was the biggest mistake. And to say that they wouldn't go back and change that, I think, is a little bit... Rich. Um, and the other one is Stokes. You know, having Stokes in the side who can't bowl. Um, whether that cost us, probably not so much. But but I still think um, I still think those two big influences of the game, not not playing to, to their capacity, cost us as well. Do you think, yeah, I think I, as well we also lacked a, 
aside from Stokes, a, a kind of a third seamer in a way. Like you always in each test, each obviously Broad was phenomenal throughout. Mark Wood was phenomenal in those last few tests, but Jimmy wasn't quite his best. Ollie Robinson probably wasn't quite his normal best. Kind of is well felt. He possibly lacked that. There's no, there's no way that they should should not have played Wokes at Lords. Yeah, I mean, not not playing Wokes at Lords is an absolute joke. You know, he's, he's done so well there. Anderson just looked, he just didn't quite look to have that zip with me. I thought he, he just got, he just didn't particularly look threatening. And I know he's go past the bat every now and again, but to not play not play Wokes at um, at Lords is an absolute joke. You know, I think we'd, we'd have probably won there with Wokes playing the way the way he just sort of shaped up and stuff like that. Um, I think yeah. Robinson's got a big down there. I, I, I decided with him, and rightly so, because he's, he's looked like he's going to be a class bowler, but Robinson was so below expectation when you think he's going to be that bowler who's going to put him under pressure and in the right areas. And he looked pretty average. And that's why I walked one in the team, because I played Robinson instead. Yeah. I would have thought. Agree with that, and 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 Tremors, I agree with that massively. I think Wokes was, I mean, for many people, he was player of the series, wasn't he? Yeah, it was yes. three, well, of the three games, and that was he it. Yeah, and he played three. The, the last few games, but um, mm. most people was was player of the series for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do we think of um, Josh Town? Got potential, got raw pace, isn't he? Which um, which is, is is a massive thing. Uh, probably lacks experience. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I've only seen glimpses of him from that island test. It's interesting, isn't it? When you see Wood actually pinging it down as fast as he was doing it, he, you know, everybody struggles when a ball's at sort of 90, 95 miles an hour. You know, people can play the swinging ball some better than the other, but everybody struggles when a ball is coming that quick. And uh, and he, he looked like he had something about it and and sort of hurrying people. You know, and I say he's only, only sort of quite young and inexperienced, so nobody doesn't get too many of these uh, uh, breakdowns and stuff like that. But um, like you think him and Mark Wood together could be interesting at times. Yeah, Wood yeah. isn't going to play more than two tests on trot, though. Except he were knackered on last test, wasn't he? I mean, he were he were playing through a bit of a pain barrier, so you're not going to get more than three tests out of a five. Well, not that we have many five match series, but you know, Woods Woods not going to play every match of a series. No. No, no I think we might, have, we might me, have just missed a, missed a trick there by sticking with Jimmy and, and maybe not playing Josh Tongue. Certainly, uh, uh, although we won at the Oval, I think uh, Jimmy was well below par and possibly putting Tongue in there would have uh, would have been a good thing to do. Yeah, and even Old Trafford, I know that's a sentimental thing, I think, playing, playing Anderson at... Uh, Old Trafford, and I know why they did it, but you're like, uh, yeah, I don't, you just didn't think he was going to get a five for, did you? No, no. Didn't look like he was going to get a one for at one stage. No. <laughs> one of my frustrations with with the selectors of Mark Wood is it always feels like, uh, to, to smith his point there, he's only ever going to be able to do three out of five tests, but it they always seem to put him at the back end of series. Yeah. You know, when arguably you're, you're playing catch-up. You know, why, again, Wood wasn't potentially up for selection in that Lord's test or in that first test, and it's kind of the last three. 
I know, obviously, you know, it could well be injuries, but it seems to be series after series that mm. bring wood up. We bring wood in in the latter, the latter stages of series. Um, but it's very difficult we, when you go two nil, two nil down in any series. You know, it's not many really, side. So we did well to come back to two two. Um, mm. Could have actually sneaked it apart from apart from the rain. But yeah, you think, God, oh yeah, that, that, that's hard in, in any any sport in it coming down from two nil. Who would you put? We, we mentioned Wokes was, I think player of the series but any for you guys who would you put down as you know some of the players that you think came out of that series with real credit I I think Broad would be up there as well (laughs) you know he he does play 20% extra in Ashes you sometimes (laughs) wonder when he's uh, things aren't going his way on a on a dull deck whether he wants the ball as much but yeah I think he he got stuck in and were prepared to knuckle down when he had to do with bat as well, which were fairly impressive. Yeah. It's, a, it's another big gap putting in, will Jimmy want to go bowl in India? If he doesn't bowl in India, does he start another series? I, I can't see it myself whether he wants to retire or not. I think he'll be retired. So you're, you're going to end up with quite a new looking attack going to India. Mm. Uh, but yeah, broad for me, how I'm impressed. Crawley, obviously, because nobody thought he'd do what he did, but you've got to pat him on the back for doing it. Yeah. Duffy didn't have the worst series. You know, he, he, what did he come out with? Averaging 40, I think. So, yeah, the starting, we, when, when your top two have, have done okay through the series, I think you've, he's certainly helped having, having been 30 for three so many times in the last couple of years to have a couple of times when you've been 50 for now in seven overs. It's, yeah, it's mm. good. It, it's interesting, Brave Call, bringing mowing back as well. You just sort of think, blimey, plucking them out of the, you know, you haven't played for a little bit. Uh, yeah, what what are the other options? I don't know, but that, that was quite a, quite a brave call. Before we go on to India, because I know we're going, we're going to talk about spin options for India, um, Stuart Broad's retirement. Um, did that come as a surprise to many of you? No. <laughs> I think he had his sky deals all sealed up <laughs> for some months ago. <laughs> I was a bit surprised he, he did it before Anderson. I thought Anderson might, might have gone first. but um, I, yeah, think he was clever. Went... I think he was clever there. He just got in ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And before the end of the test as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair, fair play to him. I mean, we've all we've all seen him around the world doing some, you know, ripping sides apart in spells, and I don't think there's been anybody better, really, of you know, do these magic spells that he does. And uh, I know, I'll sort of, uh, I'll miss miss those from uh, one of Joe Berg when we were on the yeah, on yeah. the stands there. That was just like incredible, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. And I know a few people always questioned him, but. When you got you know as many test wickets as he has, you think you, you know <laughs> fair play to him. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's also kudos to him that he did go out at the top because yeah. a lot of players can go go on too long, but you know to go out when you're at the still at the top of your game, you know I think is the right time to. It's always I think it's the right time to make those decisions to go out at the top. But Anderson's thinking bugger. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> should have done it. <laughs> should have done it last year. <laughs> I think we'll miss him as well because he, he's very good at ripping into the Aussies, and I just uh, I'm not quite sure he's going to pick that up now. 
let's talk the India series, which is coming up in the in the new year. Thoughts on you know who should potentially be in that squad to to go out there? Particularly thinking like I, th- I think the batsmen probably pick themselves, but you know spinners I think is the one area of that squad where there's a lot of question marks. Particularly as you say you brought Moen back this year, he's not going to go. So you know who would be on your who would be on the the plane to India from your perspective? I, I think Ahmed's definitely going, isn't he? Rian Ahmed it will definitely be there. Um, and if you're looking for an off-spin option that can bat pretty well against spin, you've got Will Jacks as well, who's potentially uh, going to book himself a place on that, in my view. I'm not sure, again, that we're a bit light on the ground, aren't we? There's a couple of leggies. Matt Critchley, another one down at Essex. He's a leggy that bats a bit. And will they bring back Liam Dawson? Well, Jack, Jack Leach will be fit. They'll take him, won't they? They'll take, they'll take yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, of course. I, I think they're going to go for a slow bowler who is a batter, like a Jacks-type person, to play with Leach. And then there's Joe Root as well. And then they've got, they've got the three. I don't think they're going to take a specialist spinner who can't hold the bat. When if Jack Leach is the number one on the list, they're not going to end up with two slow as Ucat bat. Mm. So it's going to it's going to be a, a slow bowling all rounder that they'll get the nod. And they obviously like Ray and Ahmed in the white ball stuff. Whether they'll whether they'll take him for red ball, but there again, Will Jacks is more a, a white ball guy, isn't he? Yeah, and you got Lawrence as well potentially to fill that role. Like- they don't like his bowling, though, do they? It's pretty, it's pretty ugly, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were on about Dave Lawrence, then. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Like, you're going out to India against the best players of spin bowling in the world on some of those flattest wickets, and we're going to be going out there, apart from Jack Leach but, and, and Ahmed, with, a, you know, with, with all, everyone we're talking about here are part-time, part-time spinners. You know, we've got to get 20 wickets on... On those pitches, I don't think the wickets will be big turners like like they did last time because they'll they'll think what what's the point? We, we can bowl this we can bowl this lot out. We are spinners. Jadeja and Ashwin are, are like just a different class. Mm. You know they they get with Tom underwear, and there's another ten coming behind them, aren't they? Who can who they can turn to if they want a bit of mystery that that we haven't seen before? There's, I think making big turning wickets actually helps us that an average spinner can make it rip then. You remember when we were in Dubai though, we were playing against Pakistan and we started off with two spinners and we started off with th- and put in three spinners and ended up one game with four spinners and the Pakistanis, they just saw the spinners off, you know, and it was, it was just, it was easy for them. They could, they could play the spinners. So you think, well, you know, is there any point just playing a load of spinners? Just try, no. and, go, get, just try and get some out and out quick bowlers. You know, if, yeah, if you're not good enough, if you're not a good enough slow bowler, you don't you don't get to play because you're the best bowler, slow bowler we do have. You've, you've no. got to earn players in team. Yeah, yeah. The, the West Indies did quite well out there years and years ago, didn't they? With no spinners, yeah. I know we probably evolved and it isn't quite as good, but you just sort of think, oh, get some decent quick bowlers. You know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. You say you got to get twenty wickets somehow, haven't you? No, I agree. And I think that's where I was heading with this is actually picking probably more seamers is probably more more likely to get your wickets when you yeah, look at the quality of the spinners we got. 
Yeah, you, you can't pick an average spinner to go bowl against the best players of spin in the world. You know, yeah. it's just it's pointless. Mm. I think they might go with Ahmed, might they? After his debut last year, I think they'll get him in there quite quick to see how he goes. And then if it doesn't go very well, you're like, well, get rid of him and you know perhaps chuck an extra, you know, batsman in or or seamer. I think they'll give him a go quite early. You, you do need some. You need some fit lads, though, don't you? Because you're going to be bowling. If you're a steamer, you're going to be bowling a lot of a lot of overs. So you don't, you can't risk the guys who who are likely to be breaking down. I think about something like Tongue and um, Potts as well. I quite like seeing Potts when he bowls. Something like him with a bit of speed. You know, strong lads. Give him a go. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody particularly think we might go out there and, and smash India anyway at home. So just just give him a go. Give him a, give him a run out. Yeah, I was going to ask in terms of what potential seamers, given a lot of what most of our seamers like to break down. Um, you've lost Broad. Um, you know, Wood, as we said, can't can't necessarily do that many tests in a series. Who that? Which, which seamers would you? Uh, Wokes hasn't got the best of records outside of England. I still think you've got to take Wokes. I can't see them taking Jimmy. They're like really tremors, you know, pots and tongue, uh, definitely. Maybe a Sam Curran. Give you something a bit different. Greg Overton. Another Somerset boy. Yeah, we want players that don't break down, though, to be fair. Oh, yeah, that was it. Sorry. Jamie Overton. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go women's ashes. Women's ashes. Jerry, reflections. Ah. Opportunity missed. That test, test match. That test match. Well, the test match, and yeah, it's I, the Australians probably played their worst for a many, many, many a year. To be honest with you, they weren't on their game. I think Meg Lanning not being uh, available had a huge impact on them. I don't think Healy uh, particularly captained that well. But having said that, the. the there was a few batters there that didn't step up to the mark. Um, a few bowlers as well for the Australians. So I think it was a great opportunity, although England did very well to peg it right back. Um, I just think it was an opportunity missed not to actually grasp it because I cannot see the Australians playing that badly again. Do you like the point system? Um, I do like the point system. I'm not sure. I said earlier, I think, in one of the earlier podcasts, having the test match at the beginning was quite a good thing because it, it puts such a real emphasis on it. But then in reflection, it's probably too much of an emphasis. It's maybe the actual points they're awarding needs to be reviewed as opposed to not having a point system. I think the point system works, but giving four points for a test match would seem to be, um, it would seem to put a team in a huge advantage should they win that, bearing in mind that you're only getting two points for every other game. Or, or what so, if you put the test match at the end? Um it could be meaningless, couldn't it? That's the other yeah, problem. That's, that's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah. But with yeah. four points, I guess with four points for it, it could be meaningless, but I guess four points is still a good number of points out of that. Or don't make it four points, make it two points. Or be it a four, four five-day game, it, doesn't, it, it shouldn't matter how many points are awarded, you know. Mm. So probably look at that, I would say. I think the point system works still works well for the women. Um but yeah, four points for a test match. And when you play that test match, it's probably up for debate. Put it in the middle. In the middle, as it was. Yeah. 
yeah, wherever you put it, yeah, could could you know could make the last couple of games irrelevant, couldn't it? Difficult. I, I think the format's really good, um, yeah. but yeah, it's just trying to. <laughs> yeah, it does give a big advantage. You go four 0 up straight away, and you can sort of go. To... You think they went into a bit sort of cruise control, thinking, well, that's that's pretty much it now. You know, we're gonna we'll struggle to lose from this position. With the Australians, yeah. Yeah, to a certain degree, yeah, it's difficult to see what was going on in that camp. You hear a few things, obviously, but um, I'm not sure it was it was it was a great environment this year um, for whatever reason. And yeah, looking at some of the players coming through, Phoebe Litchfield, who's now obviously smashing it all over the place with superchargers, is, is one hell of a talent. The, the lefty opener, um, she's going to be a great great player. Um, Ash Gardner stood up to the mark, played really well. Um, and Perry, you know, Perry proved that she she's still still got a lot of cricket in her. And so, you know, aside from that, people like Tiny McGrath, some of the seamers, um, Darcy Brown, they probably didn't have the tour that they would have liked and, and was expected of them. And I, you know, not really knowing the reasons for that, I just think for whatever reason, they weren't on song. And yeah, we we, we should have could have won that. Doesn't it show though the um how powerful momentum is you know so even like you've got australia best team in the world they've been winning for three or four years and suddenly there's a couple of weird couple of defeats on the trot just how mentally it yeah. can affect the best players and then how powerful momentum is once you've got that momentum behind you it's difficult to stop it even for the oh, best team much. in the world when you're very in much so and certainly in a format like that when you've got game after game in a short period of time you haven't got time really to, to change too much. Um, but no, you know, not, not, not really taking too much away from England. They played very well. And it, it was interesting that it was the more established players that, that came to the fore. You know, that silver bump was, was, was incredible. Tammy Beaumont obviously got, got the double hundred. Um, and um, Eccleston does what she does. Um, bowled extremely well with really good figures. I think from a, from a bowling point of view, from England's point of view, Lauren Bell was a huge success. I mean, she she's shown what a talent she's going to be in in the future, if not now. Um, yeah, she she went for a few occasionally in in the T twenties, but she showed a lot of promise. Showed what she's about, and she's got. It looks like she's got the mentality, obviously, to play at that level. Bearing in mind her age, she's going to be a, a very very good player um, going forward. Where's next for England? The England ladies. Yeah, they tour. Well, they have Sri Lanka coming over. Well, I think they're here. Um, so straight after the 100, they go into a three ODI match series and a three T20 series uh, in September. Then a few of them will be going off to the Women's Big Bash. And then I believe there's a tour to India in end of November, December. So busy times. Plus, you've got some of the franchise stuff going on as well out in the Caribbean. There's the Women's Caribbean League. So, uh, yeah, a lot of cricket. Gary, was there any feedback about um, them playing the five-day test match? Because they've always been four. They played a five-day test match and they actually lost. So if they played a four-day test match, they uh, could have drawn it. <laughs> Wouldn't have gone 4-0 down. I think it, it went well into the fifth day. I don't think it impacted on the speed of the game and how the game went. It was quite well, an entertaining test match. It, it sort of shifted from one side to the other pretty frequently. Um, having a four-day test match is... It's, it's like an alcohol with no, you know, lager-free, was it alcohol-free lager? You just don't have it, do you? It's not, you can't call it lager. So you can't call a test match, <laughs> a test match, unless it's five days. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, they should have Zimbabwe had, that. <laughs> they should have had five day test matches uh, a long time ago, in my view. Well, let's move, to, move on T20 World Cup. Squad was announced. Ben Stokes was included. What are people's thoughts on Stokes's inclusion, having previously retired? Well, if I could just... I was at uh, Headingley the other night to see Harry Brooks hit 105, I think it was. How you can leave a guy like him out of this side is beyond me. So when you put him in, I don't know. But he's got to play. Unbelievable put Jason Roy in. Livingston as well. I mean, he's been through a lot of injury. Um, hasn't done too much from what I've seen of late. Um, Milan, you know, there's a, there's a few names you could throw around in there, but you you have to put Brook in. Whether you would have brought Stokes back, I'm dubious about that. Up for discussion. He's, he's never been dominant in the white ball game, has he? He, he hasn't bowled lots in it, and when he did... He had a pretty unsuccessful time in India last time. Uh, I, well, think I suppose he's been selected in this squad as an out-and-out batsman, isn't he? They've said he's, yeah. he's, he's picked his out-and-out batsman. And I, I could see him up near the top of the order, one, two, three. But he doesn't go in and tee up straight away. He does like to get his eye in a little bit, which there isn't a problem with because he can obviously catch up He's got the ability to catch up later, but he ain't going to be a, a six, seven, eight man for me. But I suppose if he's a specialist batter, he's going to be batting a little bit higher up. But yeah, does is Brook not going because Stokes is? I'm I'm not sure. I, I I'm still a bit scratchy on Jason Roy getting a getting a gig out there. Yeah, honing his skills in America, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think everybody's well, I've decided speaking to is like, yeah, well, like Roy's an opening batsman, but you know, how can you not get Brook in there somewhere? There you go. There's been a few well, of those. You, 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 could Milan. you could open with Milan, couldn't you, and Bearstow, as opposed yeah. to Bearstow. What do you think England's chances are? They should be in the top four, shouldn't they, in the final four? With India, obviously, maybe Pakistan, Australia. The Suffers. New Zealand on their day. <laughs> we might get in the top eight. Yeah, it's, all bit, it's, it's all a bit of a lottery, isn't it? Like you, you, you tease off, and as as the good, you know, the good day when it comes to the knockouts and stuff like that. The interesting yeah. thing as well these days, I guess, is in the past you'd say any kind of World Cup in in Asia, you're always looking at India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. But with the IPL these days, every you know, all the top players are used to playing in those conditions and pressure situations and limited overs cricket. Yeah. So it really is open to anybody. Atkinson's in the squad. I'm not too sure about much about him. Really. Again, though, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was quite an interesting call. That's what they're going to try and go for, isn't it? You know, Woods in it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah Tottenham, yeah. Willie, Wood, Wokes, Atkinson, Sam Curran, Rashid, yeah. Roy, Milan, Ali, Livingston, Bairstow, Stokes. Batting doesn't look overly strong, does it? As in depth. They've gone for more all rounders. The spare men in the squad are all seamers. Be right what you say. How Harry Brook is not in that squad. You thought you'd find a place for him. 
right, let's talk the uh, let's talk the hundred that's going on. Is there any? I guess my question here is that for and this is the men's hundred to start off with. We'll come on to the women's hundred, but the men's hundred is anyone anyone watching it? It just doesn't. So you don't seem to be hearing much in my in my opinion, but you, you guys might think differently. Just hearing much about it these days. It just feels you know after that first edition of it, there was massive hype. It seemed a lot less last year, and this year just doesn't. Just seems really quiet. Maybe because it's you know a bit of after the Lord show, the old Lord Mayor show, should I say after after the Ashes, but just doesn't seem to be gripping the public as potentially the first one did. Might be wrong. I'm going to disagree with you, Freddie. In the I've men's been, game, for the men's, yeah, the women's. I've been, you know, I've been to well Nottingham, Southampton, London, Yorkshire, Manchester. Been to a long, lot of games, and they've pretty much all been sold out right the way through. I mean, the okay. women's have been ten to fifteen thousand. The men have been sold out pretty much. You know, you can't get a ticket, and they've been, in my view, again, um, pretty spectacular occasions as far as those matches have been. Um, close games, incredible um, athleticism, batting. Um, yeah, so so I I don't think it has whether whether the media coverage is not maybe as big as it has been in the past I don't know but certainly from actually attending games seeing the show they put on for the whole day uh, into the evenings etc it's 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 a great day out and the crowds have been huge I think they're the biggest biggest crowds of all three editions. Well, I guess the challenge they've had with a from a media perspective and maybe this is one of the reasons is. Obviously, a lot of sport competing now with yeah, yeah. with the Premier League. You've had the Women's World Cup, and I know people are for or against the hundred. And I get, I do get that, um, but I think there's a place place for something like that because of the the amount of new people it is definitely bringing in. There is no doubt about that. The audiences that are coming in now are, are, are new people, new either families, kids, or even an older generation are coming to watch it because they can go and see some high quality cricket cricket all day in a great atmosphere environment um, at, at a reasonable cost. So if it's doing that, then it's also bringing the finance into the game. I think there's definitely a place for that. Whether it's 100 balls, whether they do something with a T20 tournament along the same lines, um, you know, that, that's up for debate. But I do think it's bringing more people in. I think this year, in terms of test cricket, women's, men's, I know it's been the ashes, some of the 50 over stuff, the T20s, the crowds have been massively up. If you look at the numbers, which is a good thing for cricket. Mm, no, very I, much so. I think, very much so. I think it's great that the numbers are up and people are going. I mean, it doesn't float my boat. My my frustration is that for the whole month of August, there's no red ball cricket to watch. Yeah, I understand that. And it's the school holidays, and if you if you, you you've just had the the big up of the Ashes, massive success, and then that's it. And they'll try and bring a little bit of cricket back in September and nobody will be interested. It, it, they've had that month gap. Kids are back at school. People are thinking, oh, it's end of season, don't matter, and it'll drone on till the end of September. And nobody really has any interest in championship then. The, all the momentum's gone. But it is great that the hundreds filling the stadiums up yeah. Well, you've got, you've got to find a way of bringing money into the sport because um, the county championship does, does not bring the money in, unfortunately, does it? Because you just haven't got the attendances. 
Yes, no, but I guess one argument. I guess one argument could be: could you not could could you not have both running in parallel during August? You've got your fifty over one day. Yeah, but on, absolutely. I mean, you'd need to you'd need to uh, you'd need to alter that. But could you have the hundred run in parallel with a county championship in August? It's more Test cricket. I think I think not having Test cricket in the school holidays is not right. You know, if, if kids are going to, they, they can't take days off school to go watch it. They've, they've got to go in the holidays, and and the, there's nothing for them to go see mm. or or watch on the telly. You know, it's there was so much momentum with it, even if it had been a a three match series against a lower ranking side. The momentum was there for people with a massive interest in Test cricket, but they can only play again. They can only play so much in in one summer, and they don't. They don't get much break between them now. They're just back to back. Well, it's, well, it's six weeks, the Ashes, start to finish. No, it's, it's fairly crammed in there, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't think that's any different to previous years. You know, without the 100, they've, there's, there's not much test cricket in August for some reason. But I agree about the championship. Yeah, you know. But what are you going to do with the 50 over tournament then? You just shift that somewhere else. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, I think that's always that. That's the bigger debate, isn't it? Is how is our summer big enough for four individual competitions? It's a shame, though. Say with the fifty-over competition, we're world champions, and that none, none of our boys will be playing fifty-over cricket. They won't play anything at all. You know, they're playing twenty overs, or they're playing county championship, or a bit of blast at the start of the season. They're not playing any fifty-over cricket whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I know, like some of the, the sort of well, not the test ground venues, you know, they're getting so little cricket in August, you know. And, and I remember just like we just want to watch some cricket. And I say, Dan in Somerset, probably a few, you know, carried on with the county championship, and they had two two games in August. Whether it was, you know, best part of Somerset B team against Gloucester B team, you would get people there going and watch Red Bull cricket. Yeah, I just I think it's just that. a shame that there, there, there's no Red Bull cricket whatsoever. You know, that's where you're trying to. You know, and even if you had, you know, your virtual second teams playing four-day county stuff, you might find some lads then that actually they've been brought forward a couple of years sooner than they would have done normally. And they're actually thinking, I quite like this uh, four-day stuff. I don't really want to play the hit and giggle stuff. And 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 uh, obviously, uh, you know, teams losing their best, their, uh, not necessarily their best players, because some of their best players could be Red Bull specialists, but teams would be losing some of their better players, but it's the same for every county. Yeah. They lose it to test cricket, don't they? They don't stop the exactly. county championship because there's test matches going on. I mean, well, Yorkshire regularly use like four players, don't they? They, they carry on playing at the county cricket. I, I, I think it would be a great opportunity for the on the edge of first team, second team players to play the four day game. Obviously, Taunton had still horse games, Yorkshire had just go to Scarborough. You know, that every ground's got second grounds that the would take the cricket to, which is also good for them grounds. Because like I say, championship money, championship cricket does not make money, it costs money. But the, the whole idea of it is getting players that can then play for England, which which does make money. Yeah. And the, the, the lads have got to play. You still, I mean, the, the people that watch county cricket, is probably a lot of it's the older generation. They'd love to go and watch it in, in August if it was a second 11 day down at Hove, you know, Bristol, wh wherever places like that, they'd still go and watch it. They'd watch their own counties. They're not, they're not going to go because there's no, no um, 
100 going on near them. They're not going to, you know, they still want to watch cricket. They but go, they go and watch any anybody really at, at Hove, at Taunton, at wherever. Canterbury. But as would though, as would the as would the kids. As funny as it sounds, because you know the hundreds only in the major cities. Yeah. You know, so then you look at some of those, some of the other counties that aren't aren't at the kind of centre of the hundred. You know, you've got big catchment areas of of kids within those within those towns and cities. Yeah, or you know, it's a shame they say that that the fifty over competition is not not as good as it used to be. Fifty, I, I much prefer the fifty over stuff than the twenty over stuff. Um, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of um, people prefer watching the fifty over than twenty stuff. Mm. And, and now that's just been totally downgraded. Although we're the best side in the world. Yeah, well, it's a day out, isn't it? It's a whole day, you know, you could, as opposed to three hours or whatever it is. Jerry, do you reckon with like the with a hundred? I'm just saying, if they said, right, we're not going to do the men's hundred anymore, but we're going to do the women's hundred, we could bring another couple of sides in, and you get two games on a, you get two games, possibly three day, three games on a day, and so people have a real day out watch, watching the women's cricket. There's mm. a lot of youngsters going in there, and all you're trying to do is get them excited in cricket, and mm. hopefully then they will go and join a club or carry on watching it mm. at county level. I mean, you could have a you could have a massive day out. Start mm. at ten o'clock, have three games, have a couple more sides in it. Been the been the blokes hundred, and just really, I think it's been fantastic for women's cricket because it, women's cricket hasn't got a fan base, whereas county cricket has got a fan base, and so you, you can't make new fan bases, you know, that that easily. But with women's cricket, there's no real fan base, but now there is. If people are going to support in these, you know, the superchargers and whoever. I just think they can make it a little bit, little bit bigger, a little bit better, and have real days out on it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to debate. I think because obviously, uh, this this is sort of the last year as we know it. But whether it gets renewed in the same format, we we shall see. There's going to be a lot of discussion around what it's going to look like. It's certainly been very successful for the women. You're absolutely right, Trims. I think one of the reasons why it's been such a success it has has been because it's been coupled with the men. Because you've got the the sky coverage, you've got the two games, and I think that's how it's worked. But now you've sort of got the women's game to a certain level. It might be that they just look internally in terms of, as you suggested, maybe playing back to back women's games as opposed to the men, and and then that you know you can think about the structure for the men around maybe county cricket at that time, or, or whatever. But I, but I think we're all going to get mixed up um, with with this franchise world. You know, you see people like. Roy just ripping his England contract up because he goes out to the States for a couple of weeks. And you're just going to see more and more because you're not... The players physically can't do every single tournament. And they will go where the money is because it's a short-term career, in my view. So how you balance everything off against that, I have no idea. Do you see... Um, are you foreseeing that though some of the challenges you get in the men's game with a schedule... Beginning to creep into the women's game, in terms of, you know, you've got the women's IPL launched this year, and arguably it will get bigger. Yeah, you know, well, you've undoubtedly, got, Freddie. Yeah, it's already. You got, got Caribbean Premier. women's, then you got Caribbean. Yeah, more, and more franchises. So the Caribbean Premier League starts at the end of this month, and quite a, a number of players have and have I've been told that they can't go on that particular um on that particular competition because they've got to finish off the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy that runs through to the end of September. 
So you've already got a clash there. And I suppose where... because is that and and because the ECB now offer out those professional contracts, yeah, they have the right to stop players from going into those. Absolutely, and, unless a player like Jason Roy decides that the contract's not worth anything to him anymore and disregards it and does what he wants to do anyway. Now, that's not going to happen in women's cricket for a, for a fair time yet, but it, but there's no reason to suggest that he wouldn't. Because if you've got players now, with female players, starting to be offered contracts that clash with ECB contracts, then they have a decision to make. At the moment, it's a no-brainer. You just you stick with your bread and butter. You stick with your ECB. But you've got the Women's Premier League, you've got the Caribbean Premier League, the Sri Lankan Premier League is now starting, it's going to start up for the women. Uh, you've got the Women's Big Bash, that, that that starts in October of this year as well. So all of a sudden, exactly the same path as the men, you're going to get a lot of franchise overlap with England representative cricket as well, be it England A, be it the, the main side, be it touring. Yeah, it's great for a player, but it's, it's tough decisions. Um, so the one thing they haven't they don't have the four day county championship do they which which ties them up for for a huge amount of the time so they right. have got a bit more scope to go and do do stuff like that yeah yeah fair play to them you know you yeah. can't blame them is the Caribbean Premier League is that um like a bit of Indian money getting thrown into that as well um I don't know to be honest with you Tremors I can't believe that it's being self financed by by the West <laughs> Indies no Banks beer maybe a bit of Chinese you never know yeah. Interesting, but you know, fair play to them going around. But you know, it's just trying to get that schedule right, isn't it? Really, well, it's getting the schedule right, it's also protecting your players from injury. Um, mm. we're, we're seeing a few injuries now creeping in, into the women's game because of playing too much, overplaying. So, um, yeah, it's another consideration. Going back I think to the guys are going to take over out there. You know, you've got your whether it's your night riders or your Mumbai Indians, they're, they're going to end up with a squad of players. That they just send to whatever franchise they want to. You know, if, you, if you're getting seven figure sums thrown at you, just yeah. look, I'm going to give you X amount of money. It's three, four, five times what you're getting central contracts to come and play for me for the next three years. And I, I just wanted to go, I, I want 100 days cricket guaranteed off you. And they'll, they'll send them around to whatever tournament's going on. The lads will be med for life. All ladies will be med yeah. for life. Have that money. They're going to take it, just like Jerry says. It's a it's a short career. I think you're hundred percent right, Smithy. And, and I don't think we're too far away from it, unfortunately. And yeah. I, I know the the Sri Lankan lads we we speaking to spoons. They're doing that now because the Sri Lankan cricket board cannot compete, and there's probably only the BCCI. ECB and ACB that can can compete with the franchises currently, but all the other countries cannot hold their players with the sort of money that's been offered around the world. Then yeah, you can't you can't play test cricket with three teams. <laughs> you know, you, you put, that, that, but that's where it's going to end up because test cricket isn't financially strong enough for the rest of the the countries that are taking part. So so it's sort of. I think you're absolutely right, Sweetie, but it sort of comes full circle back to the 100, whereby whether whether the 100 is the right vehicle or not, you can sort of understand why the ECB decided to go down that route purely 
for, from a financial point of view to try and bring in that sort of income, 350 million or whatever it was over three years, you know, so the counties can benefit, benefit from that as well um, to try and compete with these franchises. Because they've got to find the money from somewhere. That that that's the that's the challenge. Well, we'll find out when the new deal comes out as to how strong the bidding is for it. Because there was also rumours that the Middle East might be involved in buying the hundred franchise. Really, uh, you know, and they'll have the ownership of it. Yeah. Wow. Because I think the people it, it definitely get to the stage where there's um, private equity investment in that tournament for sure yeah and the, the players aren't bothered if they play all the games in the UK the Middle East Far East it doesn't matter it's the play the playing for the financial rewards that they get for it there is a there is a fan base there but ultimately it's it's the bank balance that that they're going for mm. I was chatting with Izzy Wong when she was up here early in the year, and she said when they went went to India, she said that it was they just treat it like royalty. She said it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. So you're like, you can't blame them for wanting that, can you? Jerry, going back to the hundred from a playing perspective and the women's game, any standout performers? Probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Marabusha has been spectacularly good for Southern Brave, uh, which is her. Uh, Call up into the England squad against Sri Lanka, which is thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. Um, so she, she's been a standout, um, as has uh, well Tammy Beaumont as well, believe it or not. You know, she's she's still going strong, not selected for the Sri Lankan T20 side, but but smashing it around in, in the in the hundred. So, so her and Silver Brunt, more established players, you'd you'd expect them to be performing well, and and certainly they are. We've seen some very good overseas performances. Uh, Georgia Wareham, Northern Superchargers, leg spinners done really well. Kerr, Kiwi, Bandana, as always, um, and Cap from South Africa. So, so these guys, girls are coming in and, and, and heading up the tournament, really, which is good to see. So the youngsters are starting to work with these guys in their franchises and, and getting a feel for what it's all about. Um, you know, from, from an English point of view, Adams has been unbelievably successful she's she's a a, a, a part-time off spinner who's taken 16 wickets in the 100 so she's probably not as part-time as, as maybe people think she is she's been taking wickets for the summer markers as well all year so maybe not a surprise that those for those that know her but she's um she's been bowling outstandingly well in that tournament she, she she's not going to get beaten i don't think with the, with the volume of wickets taken in the, in the competition uh, and scoring runs as well. Riley Smith's another one. Um, opens up and gives it a good old whack. Um, I think she scored 220 odd runs so far in the, in the tournament. So, so she's going well as well. Um, so yeah, it, in my view, again, it's uh, certainly from the, from the women's game, um, it's been a lot more competitive. And I think the men's has to a certain degree. And I think it's mainly down to, to the draft system where mm. having that draft has balanced up the sides a lot better than it was previously when it was just purely go out and select who you want and buy who you want. Having the draft has, has definitely been uh, equalised a lot of the, the teams and I think it's made for a better competition this year. Now listen, I was going to close um, tonight by passing our um, sad thoughts to the family of Heath Streak following his passing. But then obviously <laughs> um, after Henry Alonga 
that shared on 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 social media that it passed away, um, only for Heath Streak to, to to arise from the ashes and uh, <laughs> say that he's not actually dead and he's alive <laughs> and kicking, um, and asking Henry Alonga to uh, delete the tweet. Not sure if you guys saw that, but highly amusing. No, I didn't see the uh, Heath Street reply. No, <laughs> <laughs> that is superb. <laughs> right, gentlemen. Listen, thank you very much. A pleasure as always, and thank you to everyone again for downloading. And we look forward to being back again next month. <laughs>